0: We want to welcome you to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. We are excited that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. We would like to welcome any visitors or guests that we may have with us this morning. Uh, We would invite you to fill out the tear-out that's in your bulletin um, and and place it in the offering plate this morning. We would also invite you to connect with a staff member or a church member here. Um, We would love to give you more information about our church Uh, speaking of the tear out that is in our bulletin, um, if you have a prayer request, there's a section on the back of that tear out where you can tear it out, fill that out and and place it in the offering plate this morning when it goes around to give to the church office. We would love to be able to pray for you and, and any requests or needs that you may have on your heart. There's also a section on this tear out to give us any more information or to if you are interested in our care ministry or learning more about our care ministry, there's also a place to do that as well on the tear out here this morning. Uh, We wanted to take note of the flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning. Uh, These flowers are are placed in honor of Debbie Weiss. Um, Is Debbie here this morning? There's Debbie. Um, Hey, Debbie. Um, Debbie is is so wonderfully, uh, she is just a wonderful volunteer for our church. She Uh, spent time with our youth on our mission trip this past week she is faithfully a a part of just about everything that we do in our youth group Um, she is also our our treasurer for the church anytime anything is needed in the office debbie is is the one to call and she's always willing to do that and so these flowers are 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 placed here this morning um, just in honor of debbie and all the work that she does in our church so debbie we, we say thank you just a a few announcements about this evening and and, and coming up in the week Uh, there will be no evening activities tonight so there will be nothing going on at the church so we hope that you will enjoy your sunday afternoon to spend time with family to spend time with friends Um, and so we just wanted to take note of that this evening Uh, we have an exciting week coming up in our church Uh, ellen and others have been working very hard for our summer children's art and music camp that will be starting tomorrow and will go through Thursday of this week. Uh, I believe we have 20 or so kids that will be um, attending camp this week from 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Uh, and we're excited about the week ahead. Uh, we're excited about what this week can bring us to have the help that we have here at our church. Um, we are just looking forward to uh, the opportunity to, to serve and minister to the children this week. Uh, also, this week for the children and for our youth. Um, And and for anyone who is interested, this coming Wednesday night, uh, we'll have a family fun night. Uh, It'll be a game night. We'll play board games. We'll play cards and different things like that. That will start at 6 o'clock this Wednesday night. And so we want to invite you all uh, to that this week. I also just wanted to take note uh, for the youth that on the back of your bulletin, It lists that we will have our terrific Thursday this Thursday. We will not be doing that this week uh, because of the art and music camp. Um, And so just wanted to take note that we will not be having that this week. Uh, As some of you know, uh, our youth just got back on Thursday from a week-long mission trip to Thomasville, North Carolina. Uh, We worked with the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry with the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home there in Thomasville. Uh, We spent the week, uh, we helped a lady move on Monday, we did that all day, and then the rest of our week we spent the time doing housework, doing yard work uh, for aging adults who were in need of those things. Uh, We had eight youth go, and we had, I believe, five adults total that went throughout the week, Um, and we we had an excellent week. I appreciate the notes, the cards, uh, the words, and the prayers that were sent through this church for our youth Uh, We had an excellent week. We had a lot of fun, um, and ultimately we were excited to be able to make a difference in in lives of those who were in need. And so I just wanted to say thank you to the congregation for your support in our mission trip this past week. Uh, We are so glad that you were here with us this morning at Boiling Springs Baptist. We would invite you to continue with us in worship this morning. At this time, Keith is going to come up and just say a word about our guest.
1: Thank you, Alan. When I traveled with Baptist Retirement Homes for three years before coming to Boiling Springs Baptist, um, before coming here I was also in an interim but I was traveling some with Baptist Retirement Homes and as I did that I would come into this community and visit with pastors and I think I've referenced that from time to time and I began hearing about the Cleveland County Potato Project. Many of you are familiar with this and some of you have no idea what I'm talking about and you're about to hear a lot more about it but we are privileged to have one of the co-founders with the potato project with us this morning, Uh, Doug Sharp and his wife, Norman. We're glad that each of you are here today and Doug is a member of First Baptist Shelby and Doug, I want you to come and say a short word about yourself and about the Cleveland County potato project. And it's my hope that next summer, uh, many from Boiling Springs, whether it's youth or adults uh, can be involved in a, whether it's a plot on our campus here somewhere or whether it's a plot off campus somewhere that we can be involved in this great ministry and that it uh, might be useful through our own food pantry here with our community. So, Doug, welcome. Thank you.
2: Alan, have we got a deal for you. (laughs) And our work doesn't necessarily only involve young people. Uh, You can tell by looking at the speaker that this is not necessarily a young person. And I've seen a couple of people go by as Norma and I are sitting up here that uh, but I, but I know and some people who've made contributions to the Potato Project in several different ways. I think I saw Catherine Hamrick go by. Uh, did I not? She wrote, an, yeah, she wrote an article about us that was published in the Biblical Recorder uh, in our second or third year. Uh, so the Potato Project is not new to you all. Uh, But I am here today recruiting, I'll I'll be honest with you. Uh, There was a wonderful article in the paper this morning in the Star about the Potato Project and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to do with our community. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of a background about this. Uh, We started in 2009, right when the recession was at its worst and the conditions in Cleveland County were such But all the good jobs had gone, or it seemed they had. But anyway, we had a 15% unemployment rate. And in thinking about people being unemployed, that leads you to think about one of my favorite subjects, and that's food. And from that, in God's mysterious way, he directed Bill Horn and myself to start the Cleveland County Potato Project. And since that time, we have produced 570,000 pounds of potatoes. Now that sounds like a lot of potatoes, folks, but really that doesn't nearly meet the need of people in our community who who do not have enough to work, enough to eat. This county has about 90,000 people. Interesting statistic. About 30,000 of those do not have a church home. Now, there are about I'm I'm completely guessing here Keith, there are about 5,000 ministers in the county and an equal number of churches. So, that 30,000 people who don't have a spiritual home are ministered to by a huge group of people. Also in our county, there are 15,000 people who don't have an adequate food supply. Now, Bill Horn and I are trying to address that issue and we cannot do so by ourselves, but we've had some success and the reason we've had some success is God has blessed our, our potato ministry. And the whole idea, frankly, came from God. I'm just an ordinary, lazy, three-hour-per-week layman. And that's what I was until 2009. Since that time, I've been full-time potato growth. But anyway, our project got started basically in uh, my Sunday school class and in the uh, Bible study group where it was first discussed and was told by a number of people this won't work but god was leading us and he told he told us where to go and and one of the first phone calls i made was to charles reed at the baptist association Mm -hmm. now when i called over there i didn't know charles and i got keith dixon and keith says well here let me uh, let me refer you to our ministry leader and that's charles reed and I distinctly heard Keith say, Charles, there's some crazy guy on the phone who wants to raise potatoes. Well, actually, Charles turned out to be a kindred spirit and he got us a little bit of money from the North Carolina Baptist men. And that was the beginning of our our potato project. So, from, from there, we talked to people in the county who know how to raise potatoes. We talked to the Agricultural Extension Service. We talked to farmers. We talked to various and sundry people. And we, that first year we planted potatoes in 20, 2010, we produced 30,000 pounds of potatoes. And we thought, my Lord, isn't this wonderful? Three years later, we topped 160,000. Last year, we bottomed out at 50 some thousand because there was no rain here and this year is kind of a mixed bag but anyway the history of our potatoes and and we do raise both white and sweet potatoes they are distributed to the uh greater cleveland baptist association the king's mountain crises ministry and you can up in uh, Longdale, which is basically run by the Methodists, and the Salvation Army. So as quick as we dig our potatoes, we give them to those people and they distribute them to uh, uh, food pantries and so forth. As a matter of fact, I think you all have received potatoes from the uh, from the Potato Project. Now some, some good things are going on in your community. Just up the street, Boiling Springs Methodist Church under the leadership of J.T. Scruggs, decided they would raise some potatoes, and they started last year with sweet potatoes. They shared those sweet potatoes with a herd of deer. So this year, they... Uh, I think we got more than the deer, but anyway. Uh, this year, they're raising white potatoes. Uh, now, this is a small church with, a, with probably a congregation, uh, I don't know, maybe 30, 30 people a week, who has decided that they can raise potatoes, and, uh, and they're doing that. Another, another example down the road a little bit is Poplar Springs Baptist Church in partnership with the Crest Agricultural Students. For the second year, they are raising sweet potatoes. Now, if our project is to, to really amount to much, it's going to take that type of thing happening. Churches like you all might decide next year, well, we're gonna raise a half acre of potatoes, or we're gonna raise an acre of potatoes, whatever. You've got all the support in the world from us and from knowledgeable people in the church. Now, when you start that operation, make sure you've got somebody who doesn't mind making a fool of himself because he will have to ask for things like land, Klein, can I borrow you a tractor? Uh, so-and-so, can you store potatoes? Will you buy a few bags of fertilizer, what have you? Now, the cost of raising an acre of white potatoes is roughly $500. Sweet potatoes is roughly $700. So it is a reasonable thing. From that acre of white potatoes, you can realize twelve to 15,000 pounds of potatoes and the sweet potatoes are even more productive. Now, I've talked to you about numbers and I've talked to you about needs and so forth. But the advantage your church receives from doing this is actually a gift from God in the, uh, uh, and the camaraderie uh, and just, just the pure proof that working with God, we can accomplish something. Now, I'm not aiming my remarks uh, just at you all. I would say this to a number of, uh, to any type of organization. Uh, PPG has raised potatoes for the last four years. Uh, Other companies have done this. And frankly, folks, some organizations start out and do it for a couple of years, and then they change their focus to something else, and that's perfectly okay. That gives people an exposure to different parts of ministry or different things that can be done, uh, and how God may bless you in many, many different ways. So I hope to see all of you in a potato uh, potato field uh, very soon. Uh, sometimes a star prints uh, tells you where we are, or what have you. Uh, you can reach me. Uh, Keith has my My information, uh, if you want to bring a youth group, or if you want to bring a senior group, or if you want to bring a glass of tea and a sweet roll, whatever, we would welcome you. I think we have an opportunity. I think God has shown us a roadmap of where we can get to and the good that we can do. And I appreciate taking this time with you all this morning. Morning. We'll be reading Psalm 8. It's very short. Um, I'm reading from the uh, Revised Standard Version. It's page 467 in your Pew Bible if you want to follow along.
3: O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Thou whose glory above the heavens is chanted by the mouth of babes and infants. Thou hast founded a bulwark because of thy foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast established, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou dost care for him?
2: Yet thou hast made him a little less than God and dost crown him with glory and honor that has given him dominions over the works of thy hands, that has put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Please stand and sing with us hymn 27, stanzas one, two, and four.
3: welcome our children to come forward. I hope y'all have had a good week. Some of you I've seen enjoying this summer. It's been a fun time. James, you want to come up here with us? Okay. Not today. But I want to talk to you just a minute about something we've talked about before. And that's talking to God. And when we talk to God, what are we doing? We're praying. Do we pray to God? We can just talk to him, can't we? And since we're out of school sometimes, we don't always see our friends as much as we do. We don't always know some of them that might be sad or some of them might be sick. But in my bucket here, I have something that I think might help us a little bit. You going to let me have one? Candy. Candy. Well, not exactly, but yes, it is. It's Skittles. How many of us like Skittles? Yeah, we all do, don't we? Well, in my bag are all the colors that go in a Skittle bag. But when you eat these Skittles this time, I want you to think about something really special because every color means something today. Now I'm going to read these to you, and as I read them to you, think about somebody or something very special, all right? Rylan, you want to give them one, and then they can think about it while they hold their bag. Now, we're not eating them yet. Sorry, Grady. Going to have to wait just a few minutes. James needs one. Here you go, James. We're ready, aren't we? Yep. We're ready for our bag, aren't we? All right. In our Skittle bag, Green. Name something you love about your family. Think about it real hard and then pray about it. Name something that you like about your best friend. And pray about your best friend. Then, orange. What do you like best about church? Pray for your pastor, pray for your Sunday school teacher. Pray for somebody who's important to you today. Purple. What's the most favorite thing that God created? Pray for that. And then last, red. Pray for someone who needs a little bit of extra help today. Pray for them. So each one of your Skittles is a different color. And each one is a reminder to pray for something or someone very special. So this week, if they last to the end of the day, think about the colors of your Skittles. So let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for everything you give us. We thank you for these children, for their love of life for their love of this church. Thank you for blessing our lives with them. Keep them safe. Protect their families and them also. Today is your day, Lord. We thank you for giving it to us and for giving us your son. It's in his name we say, Amen.
2: Thank you, thank you, Elaine. Please stand and sing with us hymn number 15. Come thou fount of every blessing. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love.
1: I'm all for Ellen and her children's sermon. I'm just greatly disappointed that I was sitting so close to the children and I did not get a bag. Um, I like some Skittles. I don't know. Aiden, they'll probably be gone by the time I see Aiden again. So, um, I want to mention something before I pray this morning. This week, uh, we do have the art and music camp. Uh, this will be a first time for Boiling Springs to do such a camp. We have. I would say over half of the children are not active here at Bowling Springs, but are either here with a grandparent this summer or just in the area, maybe attending another church. Uh, But you pray for the children and for Ellen and all the different people who are helping facilitate the camp this week. It's just, we, we, we look forward with great anticipation. And let me also extend to you an invitation on Thursday night. Um, at 6 o'clock here in the sanctuary. The children will be sharing some of their artwork. They'll be sharing some different songs with the boomwhackers and um, ribbons and some drama. But they'll also be doing a little something with the guitars that they will have and will be working in small groups with uh, the facilitator, a leader coming in to do that, that was a music major at Gardner-Webb and has went on to Eastern Carolina for a guitar performance degree. But she is leading a a small uh, group uh, where the kids will rotate through her uh, teaching guitar this week. And so you come. I don't know what you will hear Thursday night at 6, but I'm sure it will be a blessing. Uh, so, But come and, and be here if you can and, and bring some with you to that special time. Will you join me now in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the wonderful things that we've already heard. We're thankful for our children and for our youth and ways that they are involved in ministry this summer, whether it be in Thomasville on missions or whether they be um, headed to the library with Ellen or... Doing something else, we're excited about the upcoming week with our music and arts camp. And Father, we ask for your blessing. We pray that children would be encouraged, that they would learn some new skills, and that Father, that they would know how they can praise you and worship you through creative, uh, creative arts. We're grateful, Father, as we uh, have reflected on the words of Psalm eight: Lord of your majesty and of your splendor, and the heavens and the stars and the moon. As we look to the front of our bulletin, uh, as we think about that scripture and look to the front of our bulletin, Father, we're reminded of how majestic you truly are. Father, we have gathered here for no other reason than to worship you and to bring you honor and bring you glory this morning. So, Father, help us if our minds are distracted, if our hearts are pulled in different directions today that would uh, distract us from worshiping you today. Father, help us to lay our concerns at the altar to trust you that you're a big God of the heavens and, and, and of all the things that you've created. But Father, not only are you Lord over all creation, but you desire to have a personal relationship with each one of us. And so, Father, still our hearts and still our minds that may be distracted this morning with other concerns. Help us to hear these words that we sing and the words that are prayed and the, the message that is preached today. Lord, attune our hearts to you. Father, we ask for your blessing on those who are struggling physically within our church congregation that you would touch their bodies and bring healing. Help us to know how we can be your hands and your feet and your voice in the midst of this church, in the midst of this community that you have called us and placed us in. Father, bless this service, bless each one here today, and meet each one at the point of their need. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
4: In the book of Psalms, and I believe it's chapter 13 or Psalm 13, verse 6 says, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has been good to me. As we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, let's count our blessings, because if we're all honest, God's been good to us. Let us pray. Father, it's with grateful hearts this morning that we bow in your presence. Father, we bow giving you thanks and praise and honoring glory for the way you've blessed us. Father, you've blessed us so bountifully that we could not begin to count the ways you have blessed us. But Lord, my prayer is this morning that you would accept our thanks for your goodness and for your mercy. I thank you, Father, that we're privileged to live in a land that we can exercise our religious freedoms as we see fit, that we can assemble together in freedom, that we can worship the one true and the one living God. Oh, how grateful I am to you, Father, for that. And I pray, Father, that as we have met together, that you'd clear our hearts and that you'd clear our minds. And I pray, Father, that we might be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray now, Father, as we look at our time of giving, that you would not only open our hearts and our minds, but, Father, that you would help us to open our pocketbooks. And that, Father, that we'd be willing to give back to you what's rightfully yours. And I know, Father, that if we will just simply do that, I know that you will bless it. And I know, Father, that through those blessings, that the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ can be spread to the far corners of the earth. Father, I not only thank you for what you have done, but I want to thank you for what you will do, because we love you, because we trust you. And we claim those beautiful promises that you have made to us. I pray now, Father, that in the further part of the service, that everything that's said and everything that's done would truly lift up and honor and glorify and magnify the name of the Lord Jesus. For we make this prayer in his name. Amen. Thank you.
5: morning we'll be reading um genesis chapter 37 we're kind of going to be skipping around a little bit um but if you want to follow along it's on starts on page 32 in the pew bible
6: jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of canaan these are the generations of jacob joseph being 17 years old was pasturing the flock with his brothers he was a boy with the sons of Bila and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that his father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told his to When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And then skipping down to verse 8. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you?
5: And this is verse 18. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. And then verse 24. And they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on the way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by. And they drew drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. And in the last verse, verse 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard.
2: We've thrown you a couple of curves today, but uh <clears throat> this is not the last one. So if you would stand please and sing with us the third hymn of the day, Speak O Lord. Consider the text as you sing these words uh and help it to prepare you for the words to come. Speak O Lord.
1: pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight O oh lord my strength my rock and my redeemer amen the story of joseph is told in genesis 37 through chapter 50 if you'll begin reading with no i'm just kidding um but uh in those 13 chapters all but for chapter 38 uh the story of joseph is is shared with us uh, the story of joseph if is is a little bit of a transition between the patriarchs and that of Moses and uh the Exodus and the uh story of the people of of Israel there in in Egypt and in their Exodus of course out of Egypt. But Joseph is the last story and, it's, and as if you know in Genesis from from reading the other stories you know we've we've in the, we're in the sermon series called Charting the Course, help for navigating life's journey. We've looked at Abraham and things we can learn from him. Uh we we skipped over Isaac, we've looked at Jacob. Uh, and, and today we're looking at Joseph. Last week we kind of jumped ship and, and looked at David, uh, kind of out of order there on Father's Day, but uh, had a good time doing that. But today we're looking at Joseph. And uh, Joseph, his name, I think this is interesting before we continue. His name is, is, a, is, a, is a transitional Hebrew word that, that is in part, it means take away and to give back. And uh, they, uh, as Joseph came along, she took, he took away Rachel's barrenness, uh, but he also added to, or gave back to her prosperity and happiness. And we know of other Old Testament Josephs, one who uh, who spied out the land of Canaan. And of course, there are others in the Old Testament and several in the New Testament that we know of as well. With the most famous, of course, being the father of Jesus. But our story begins with Joseph. And, and two questions that we've asked each time we've dealt with an Old Testament character: uh, This is the season, if you will, of the church here where you can kind of. Uh, pastors are in all different places in, in pulpits right now as far as their text. As we move towards Christmas, obviously, we, we lean more towards the Advent text. And as we are moving towards Easter, we are in the, these uh, Lenten texts. But today and this summer, uh, this is the period of the church year where we can kind of deal with some different topics, deal with some different scriptures that maybe we don't cover at other points of the year. And so this summer, we've chosen to look at this sermon series, Charting the Course. What do these Old Testament characters who lived many, many years ago, what do they have to say to us today? How does their story relate with our own? And then the second question we've asked is, how does their story relate with us as a church? What could we possibly glean from the stories of Abraham and Jacob and Joseph? And so this morning we're going to look at that. But let me very quickly begin to summarize as best I can the story of Joseph. And thank you. Zach and Carrie for reading that this morning but Joseph is introduced to us as a 17 year old and he's out in the in the fields as many are in this day and uh, it speaks of the favorable favorable relationship that Joseph had with his father it was obviously apparent in the text that his father favored him and his brothers became jealous of him so much so that uh, Joseph was behind he was not out in the fields as his brothers were and his father sends him to go check on his other brothers Those poor, they're out there working hard, but Joseph's at home. Joseph, you go check on them, Make sure they're okay. So while his brothers see him on his way, they come up with a plot. They decide to kill him. And then one says, no, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in this pit. So they put him in the pit, and then they say, well, we're not going to profit off of him if him, him, you know, him just dying in this pit. So it's these traders, these Ishmaelite, Midianite traders, as they come through the area, uh, they say, well, let's sell Joseph to these guys. So they sell Joseph to these Ishmaelite traders, who in turn sell Joseph to the captain of Pharaoh's army, an officer by the name of Potiphar. As as, uh, Joseph is now uh, uh, a uh, servant in the house of Potiphar, he begins to uh, gain great favor with Potiphar and with Potiphar's leadership and household. And so much so, he's a handsome young man, and so uh, Potiphar's wife begins to take an interest in Joseph. And she begins to pursue Joseph. But Joseph, day after day, resists the seduction of potiphar's wife we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week we're going to spend two weeks here on joseph but so so finally uh she is she can't she's she's had enough and so um she uh, obtains a piece of joseph's clothing and she takes it to uh, potiphar and says he tried to seduce me he tried to uh, he tried to overcome me and so potiphar throws joseph in jail and it, one thing, we're going to get to this in a minute but one thing leads to the other thing in Joseph's life doesn't it? So he's now in jail and he's, you know, it's bad enough that your brother's wanted to kill you and now he's in jail in, in Egypt and um, while he's in jail he comes across the butler and the baker and you can read all this in Genesis 37-50 through 50, but he comes across the butler and the baker and they have dreams and Joseph says well tell me about them and Joseph interprets their dreams and he says I'm going to, I'm going to help you with this interpretation I just ask that you remember me when you're out of here and one is able to get out. The other one is, is later hanged. And, uh, but, of course, he did not remember Joseph when he had that opportunity. And so Joseph quickly became, gained, gained favor even in prison and is now over the prison. He's now over the other prisoners that are there. And so um, we pick up Joseph. Uh, let's see. Uh, we hear, uh, first of all, that the, uh, one of the, the guys that was in jail with Joseph hears that Pharaoh now has a dream that he can't interpret. And he says, oh, wait a second, I remember somebody when I was in prison, I, I can't quite remember all the details, but somebody when I was in prison interpreted the dream I had and it all came true. And so they go and they pull Joseph up. Pharaoh shares his dream with Joseph and uh, he begins to interpret uh, the dream uh, for Pharaoh. Pharaoh's dream was a foreshadowing of a dream where a famine would grip the land of Egypt. A famine affected the land of Canaan where Jacob and his sons were and he sent them and all but Benjamin to go and to buy grain in Egypt. So remember, J, uh, Joseph's family is still in the land of Canaan. This, this famine that, that Joseph has predicted is, is beginning to come true. And so Joseph sends his other his sons, uh, thinking all the while that um, uh, Joseph has been killed. They, I, didn't tell, I didn't tell you this part of the story, but they take this uh, piece of clothing from Joseph, they dip it in goat's blood, they take it back to his father and say that some wild animals attacked and killed Joseph. And so that is where Jacob is left to believe that Joseph simply is no more. But they send, he sends his children from Canaan down into Egypt to buy grain. Joseph recognizes that these are his brothers. And so he puts some things in their bags and he sends them back on their way. But he says, he, he questions them. He, he's asking them not only about their character or where they're from and their father's, your father well, and all these kinds of questions. They do not know that it is Joseph, but he's asking them all these questions. And he says, uh, do you have any more brothers? And they say, yes, the youngest, but he's with our father. He is, he is, he is beloved by our father. He says, we'll come back, and I will give you what you ask for. Bring your younger brother with you. All the while, he keeps Simeon with him there in Egypt. So they go back. They get their younger brother. They come back. Joseph begins to uh, weep and cry and, and seeing all of his family there. He reveals who he is, and he sends word to, um, to his brothers to go and get the father and all the household and the belongings and come. And I will provide even more for you here in Egypt. And so Joseph's brothers and his father come down and live in a land called Goshen uh, there in Egypt. And so here is where, uh, and of course we know of the, of the, success and how God blessed Joseph and how this eventually led into the people of Israel prospering and becoming quite numerous there in Egypt. <clears throat> the question again that I go back to, and, 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 it's, we don't have as much time as I would like to this morning to talk about Joseph and in, in his story, but, um, what can we personally learn from Joseph's voyage and his journey? And again, I wish I could set the stage and take a little more time in doing that, but we simply don't have the time this morning. A couple points that I want to say personally about Joseph and his journey that apply to us is that no family is exempt from hard times. No family is exempt from hard times. We see this all around us. Many of you here today may be going through a very difficult time. No matter how good or how godly a family may be, humanity is still in the family. All families will face hard times. If you're here today and you're going through a hard time or you've recently come through the other end of that hard time, I've heard it said before that you're either uh, in a storm or in a difficult time, you've just come out of one or you're getting ready to go in one. And unfortunately, that is all too, uh, too much true, altogether true. There's an old nursery rhyme. Uh, many of you know it, Humpty Dumpty. Say it with me. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. When we go through as families and individuals, when we go through hard times, when we go through difficult times, Joseph certainly went through difficult times. Um, the only thing, the only weakness that I could say about Joseph is he probably could have endeared himself a little bit more to his brothers. Um, so they wouldn't be so jealous and have the desire to kill him. But yet that is where he finds himself. Uh, his brothers sell him and then they sell him to Potiphar and then he gets thrown in jail. And then, I mean, it's just a constant never-ending drama with Joseph, is it not? And some of us feel like that in our lives. We've got this constant drama that's following us around that we didn't ask for, much like Joseph. But just like the story of Humpty Dumpty, it says at the end, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Unlike the story of Humpty Dumpty, you and I have someone, like Joseph did, who can help us put the pieces back together again. We can seek out counselors. We can seek out medical professionals. We can seek out all the different resources that you and I have access to but there is none other, there's no comparison to the, to the God that we serve and what he can take that's so broken and damaged and begin to heal and begin to mend and put things back together in a sense that we can look back on it and see God's hand in it. Recently, um, a professor by the name of Dr. Joel Gregory, was he's from Baylor University, he was at Garden Web for the preacher school. The theme for his uh, two days with us here a few weeks ago in May was synchronicity in preaching. Synchronicity, as defined by the psychiatrist um, Carl Jung, is, uh, he uses two words. He says, meaningful coincidences. Meaningful coincidences. Um, several years ago, I shared with you as, as I was introducing our guest this morning that, you know, I'll, I'll back up even further. I was in youth ministry for 10 years and then. Pastor for five, and worked with Baptist retirement homes, and then now finding myself here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church, there has been some meaningful coincidences that have led me to where I am today. I've shared with some of you in in more private settings that I never saw saw myself as a preacher. I thought I would be in youth ministry, I would be in missions, I would be in education, I would be something other than a preacher. So some of the classes where I may not have paid full attention to in divinity school, I'm having to go back now and kind of refresh myself on, on some of these things. But, but nevertheless, feel that call and feel that, that, desi- that desire and that leading of God, uh, obviously towards the pastorate, and, um, and experiencing great joy in that. But the synchronicity that took place for me to find myself standing here today before you is simply something that words simply cannot describe, with joseph because this happened this happened and because that happened this happened which led it led him to this which led him over here to this it was this constant stream of events and circumstances that led joseph to where god wanted him to be and the same is true in your life and in mine there have been things along the way that we would not have asked for that we would not have prayed for we would not have wished on anyone but there are things along the way that have happened to you and to me and because those things have happened they've led to this and because that led to this, then this happened. And then we were introduced to this fellow who happened to be coming through at this time and, and, and we developed this relationship and, you know, one thing leads to the other and that's the way it is with God. When we begin to follow him, when we begin to trust him, when we begin, like Joseph, he was pursued by Potiphar's wife. It wasn't easy, I'm sure, to, to, to resist that, but he did. And God blessed him as a result of his faithfulness. Um, you and I have been called to walk a, a journey, a path, if you will. And it's not Joseph's, it's not Abraham's, it's not Jacob's, it's not, uh, I can name names in the congregation, but it, you know, I'm not called to walk Ed's path, or he's not called to walk mine. But, um, but God has called us to walk our path. And I think Joseph speaks to each of us today to be faithful in whatever path, whatever course, whatever journey that we may be navigating today is he's called us to be faithful. He's called us to be obedient. He's called us to walk with him in the midst of the things that we simply can't understand. Hopefully we won't find ourselves in jail like like Joseph did. But at the same time, he's called us to be faithful in the midst of whatever may befall us. The synchronicity. We also learn how to continue on in faith despite broken dreams and impossible circumstances. We also learn how to continue on in faith despite broken dreams and impossible circumstances. Joseph, betrayed by his brother, sold into slavery, placed in jail, it wasn't a walk in the park for Joseph. And it's not always easy for you and me either. But through faith and a dependence and a trust in the promises of God, we will walk in obedience, trusting him to orchestrate events, orchestrate people in our lives to accomplish his will and his purposes in each of us. Sometimes it takes a lot of tears and a lot of heartache before we can look back and see what God did through a difficult time. We don't have the time in such a setting such as this, but if we could give testimony, many of you would speak of God's presence and what God did in the midst and on the other side of your difficult times. I learned years ago, uh, there's another lesson that I've learned here with Joseph that I feel like I really need to share with you this morning, that uh, Joseph made good decisions uh, sometimes his good decisions in, in his good decision of resisting Potiphar's wife, it landed him in jail. But I want to say this. Sometimes good decisions can have bad short-term consequences. If we choose to do what's right, sometimes that can have bad short-term consequences. But ultimately, it will always have good long-term consequences. Sometimes those long-term consequences we benefit from on this earth. And sometimes our faithfulness will only be rewarded in the next life. But the reverse is also true. Sometimes our bad decisions can have good short-term consequences. If I cheat on a test, I used to tell our youth this when I was a youth minister, if we cheat on a test, the good short-term consequences from that is we get a good grade. But if we keep cheating, and you get by with it through high school, and you keep cheating in college, and then you started to stretch it a little bit further, and you do it in relationships, or you do it with the IRS, or you do it with other financial figures, eventually the long-term consequences of you continuing in that pattern are not going to be good. Joseph has given us an example today of good choices that had bad short-term consequences, but ultimately led him to a place of great victory. How does Joseph's journey speak to us as a church? Just as Joseph tested his brothers to see if they had changed, we are to test the spirits. First John tells us that not all spirits are trustworthy. Not only are we to test the spirits, but he also teaches us to expect setbacks, expect setbacks. He was sold as a slave in prison. Every ministry that I've ever been a part of has shared in disappointments and how we handle those, how you and I handle those disappointments when they come will determine a lot as we move forward as a church. How many times as a church do we face disappointments? Remaining faithful and maintaining our character is an important aspect of preparation for any worthwhile and successful ministry. What can we learn from Joseph as a church? I wrote down the word synchronicity again. Because one member responds to God's call to work with a potato project, or or a few individuals have responded to a call to do something with a potato project, look at what it's doing right now. Look at how many people it's blessing within the church, outside the church, all over Cleveland County, maybe even beyond. I'm sure you could probably give a testimony of that. Because one person responded to the call of God, it led other people to jump on board. Because a few people had the the desire and the passion to start a food pantry. Because a few people uh, have the heart for a youth ministry and a children's ministry. One thing can lead to something else, which can lead to something else, which in turn can bless people not only here in our local community, but around the world. Your gifts, uh, through, uh, offer, through not only through your regular offering, but when we have our special offerings. Bless people here locally, and they bless people around the world. We don't have time to tell the stories of the good things that are happening here, because one person does this, which leads to this, which leads to that. And so let us all, in the spirit of Joseph, be faithful as we seek to be the body of Christ and see the great things that he has in store for us. There's a verse that summarizes Joseph's story, and you've heard it before. It's the last chapter of Genesis It's uh, Genesis 50, or the last chapter of Joseph's story, um, chapter 50, verse 20. And He says, Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I don't know the details of your journey this morning and where you are on that journey, but I want you to know that we serve a God this morning who wants to provide you hope, and meaning, and purpose as you and I continue on the journey of life. There's so much that we can learn from Joseph's life that we simply do not have time for this morning, but I hope and pray that wherever you are on your journey, that you will turn to God and that you will be reminded of the faithfulness of Joseph, and even in the midst of being thrown in jail, in the midst of the difficult situations that Joseph Joseph faced, he remained faithful, and God blessed him as a result of that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the scriptures that have been read out of Psalms and Genesis, and thank you for the faithfulness and for the story of Joseph. Lord, help us to internalize this narrative and this story, to ask ourselves, how would you challenge us, Lord? How would you have us to live in a different way as a result of having heard the story of Joseph? Help us not only individually, but Lord, help us as a church to see how, Lord, our actions and our faithfulness or lack thereof affects not only us, but it also affects other people. And, Father, help us to see a bigger picture of what you can do through us in the lives of other people and what that in turn will do in the lives of other people. And so the story goes. Father, you know the journeys in this place today in a very personal and very real way. And, Lord, you know those hearts and minds that are struggling in here this morning. Struggling with family dynamics, struggling with things simply in life that we wish were a lot different, but they're not. And here we are. We find ourselves in this place that we never thought we would be, but yet here we are. And so, Father, help us and teach us more about what it means to be faithful. Lord, give us the hope for those this morning that may have just are struggling to find it. Lord, for those that are struggling to find meaning and purpose in the events and circumstances of their lives, I pray today, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts and they would feel your love And they would feel your presence even in the midst of the unknown and the uncertain and they would know that you're a great god and that you desire a relationship with them father we love you we ask this prayer in jesus name amen if you're here today and um, maybe you realize that a long life's journey you've never put your faith and trust in jesus christ and i want to ask you and extend that invitation to you to put your faith and trust in jesus christ this morning if you are going through part of your journey today and you simply need prayer i would invite you to come and You can pray at the altar. I would be happy to pray with you as well. Let's stand and let the Lord lead us as we sing together.